Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing, is being polite better than being rude? Chris, lead us in. Sod off, you lead yourself in. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, so th- this, is, this is really um, about uh, the, the fact that, we, um, that we've touched on previously about a, a lot of division in our political discourse at the moment and the fact that um, as, a, as a sort of um, corollary of that, uh, we have got more um, rudeness in our, in our politics, more confrontation, but, but specifically kind of less civility. And um, the, the, uh was looking at a, um, a paper which has come out recently by uh, Jeremy Freema and uh, Linda Skitka, uh, which is uh, an analysis of the Montague Principle. Um, and as they stated, the Montague pr- uh, principle is, is based on um, Lady uh, Mary Montague, who was the, the wife of a, a British uh, ambassador to the Ottoman Empire in the in the 18th century. Uh, and she was a, a letter writer and a, and a poet. I, I love the fact that you can have a, a career in the 18th century as a letter writer. She's very good at the letter B. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, she, 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 she wrote famously uh, that civility costs nothing nothing but buys everything uh, and so their um their hypothesis in this paper is that um incivility so you know rudeness will decrease a, a politician's approval ratings even within their base and they're looking at um sort of evidence from across the last kind of 20 years um so i mean there are a number of aspects to this um to this study so one of the things they've done is they've looked at the entire congressional record which is a bit like hansards but for for the you know the american sort of parliamentary Hmm. system um so this is like 300 million words that they've that they've analyzed and they've combed it for kind of markers of um politeness or rudeness and so uh, the the way they've kind of categorized this and it's not perfect but you know a study on this scale is 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 not going to be the way they've characterized this is uh, they've looked for um uh, phrases, uh, use of honorifics. So, you know, when people say Mr. and Madam and uh, however they address people uh, as, a, as a marker of civility. I mean, it's more, it's more complex than this, but, um, but this is it in, in basic terms. Uh, they've looked at terms like um, more kind of conditional uh, and consensual phrases like perhaps or maybe rather than definitely and absolutely uh, and they've also looked at um, more kind of depersonalized language uh, so the moment it's like I did this and you did that is considered to be ruder so so the lack of, of um, those kind of personal pronouns uh, so so that was one aspect of the of the study and I can perhaps come on to other aspects later but what they what they found effectively is according to these measures and, and some other um, uh, sort of things that the 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 standard of political discourse in terms of its civility has gone uh, was was kind of stable up until about 2007 and then it dropped dramatically uh, um, and that at the same time they have seen a, a reduced 
um, sort of approval ratings for Congress in, in general. So that's one aspect, and we can come back to that in, in a minute. Because okay. uh, you know, there are all sorts of questions about, well, are people's approval ratings of Congress dropping because of rudeness, or is it something else that happened in 2007, which we can all think of uh, examples of? And also um, are levels of civility dropping in general? In, in general, but, yeah. But anyway. Quite, yeah. Um, the second sort of part they've d- done to the study is looking more, more specifically at President Trump. And charting his approval rating. So, so Ipsos, Ipsos do polling every day in the American population, 2,000 people or something, uh, where they look at, you know, stratified sample getting approval ratings for um, President Trump. And then they've also got this record produced by the, the New York Times. Uh, again, maybe you can talk about them as an arbiter of what's rude or not, but charting how many rude Trumps, uh, how many <laughs> rude Trumps, how many rude <laughs> tweets uh, President Trump has um, pr- produced yeah. and looking at seeing if there's any um, connection between that and his approval ratings. Uh, and uh, what they have found is that. Um, uh, it it doesn't it um it has some effect on those people who weren't his who his opponents in the first place, um, uh, but it doesn't have. There's this idea of the red meat hypothesis, which is that you know attack and be rude about the people we we hate, throw red meat to your base, and they will they will lap it up. That doesn't seem to be borne out by this this analysis. Uh, and so what you're saying is that. Um You'd expect you'd expect approval among Republicans to go up when he was rude. Correct. If that was true, and you're saying that that doesn't that doesn't that's not borne out by this by this study. And then the final thing they've done is they've looked at um, basically altering some of Trump's messages uh, and presenting a, a, a more polite one. Uh, a more polite version of the same message um, and a less polite version and a kind of medium polite version and then looked at the impact on, again, Trump supporters and, and so on to say, has this changed your view of um, uh, of President Trump? Uh, and what what they found is that the more civil, civilly phrased ones um, had an impact on uh, Trump opponents. They made them feel more favorable about him they they changed their their view the less civil ones had no impact on on anybody they, they you know people had already formed their views maybe because the baseline is he's he's uncivil so um uh so th- that didn't change people's opinions but if he was more civil he was more likely according to this um controlled bit of evidence uh you know artificial bit of evidence um he was more likely to win round his opponents um so so okay. that's that's a study it's an, you know an intriguing study uh as i said it's got got limitations but it begs the question you know who who's right is it better in politics and in life to be rude or polite nick uh i'm going to go more for the life direction because that's what i've looked at um it's a bit difficult to to think about. I mean, I think politeness and sort of niceness and kindness are slightly bundled up together. Mm. Um, just in terms of thinking the difference between them, and I, I would I would sort of say, you know, politeness is behavioural, it's to do with how you behave. Niceness is about the person. 
And uh, whereas politeness is sort of treating other people with respect, I guess, being mm. polite, being being respectful, um, being kind is means actually doing costly things for them, you know, giving them resources, essentially. So think about those. And they're, they're all quite difficult to analyze. But luckily, in the uh, five factor model of personality, which we've uh, discussed in the past, uh, there is this one trait called agreeableness, which I think packages a lot of this up together quite nicely and it's been well measured so there's quite a lot of evidence floating about um so agreeableness is about sort of um your general concern for social harmony the amount to which you care about people getting on with each other um and you know it, it it's people who are who are high on agreeableness tend to be kind of considerate and kind and generous and trusting um and you know helpful they're good team players uh they're willing to to compromise their own interests um for other people and they tend to be more optimistic so uh, sound horrible yeah they're really annoying no yeah. but so the uh so agreeable people what happens to them well um it, it there's actually quite a lot of connection between agreeableness and different sorts of life outcomes so agreeableness uh, tends to be correlated with Hold on. Do these uh, end yeah. up being the chimpanzees that never get to mate with anyone well that's the this is the thing right <laughs> nice so chimpanzees always finish last yeah um yeah. they they do better at school um they are certainly in occupations um which require interpersonal interaction are more successful um they um uh, they're less likely to be psychopaths. They're less likely to engage in risky sexual behaviour and and crime, and uh, less likely to be aggressive. Um, in children, uh, agreeable children tend to tend to have better, more harmonious interpersonal relationships, and um, you know, better at school, they eat more healthily. They're less likely to be depressed or bully people uh, or be vi- so victim quite of bullies. like a middle of the road now, humdrum so, life. So well, so I think. However, is negatively correlated with wealth, right? Mm. So I'm going to put it this way. I'm going to put it this way. Be, be agreeable if you want to be happy. Be disagreeable if you want to be rich. That is, I think, that's mm. my summary of, mm. of what this all means. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, what, what I think is interesting is that... Um, I can just... I can see why, by the way, why we once thought a good analogy for you was Cersei Lannister. But anyway... Um, yeah. Sorry, Chris, I interrupted. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I think um, that uh, what that shows is that, um, or, or what, what I kind of was thinking of as we went through that, is that there is this separation between politeness and agreeableness, which which it, it seems is sort of perhaps a, 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 a good um concept for for niceness you know that it is possible like the politeness is the is the superficial sheen it doesn't mean that you it doesn't mean that you're one of these agreeable people though it's 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 a mechanism for you being able to sort of say well look i i'm not going to be agreeable i'm not going to be conformist and and do the thing that you want but neither am i going to punch you in the face uh, I'm going to do something which allows me to not be agreeable, uh, but um, but to um, not cause confrontation. Either. Yeah. It's like it's like a I don't know. It's like an interface between being a doormat uh, and being a nightmare. Um, it, it enables you to sort of 
move somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think there's an interesting thing here again. Uh, you know, sort of signalling related. Yeah. About the about who, what kinds of people are polite and when, because I think it's inter- There's an interesting feature about people who are rude, uh, particularly people who are rude to, um, you know, sort of serve you know waiters people and people people who yeah um that it's widely regarded as extremely naff right to mm. be rude to exert power over people who are pretty powerless to begin with um so you know to be rude to to waiting stuff to be inconsiderate of them is something that generally is looked down on by you know upper middle class people it's seen as a really naff way of behaving um uh, so what you I mean, it tends to be the case, I would say that that people who are polite to wait waiters and, you know, other tend to be people who are in that who are likely to have done jobs like that or people who are, you know, uh, very far removed from, um, you know, having worked as a waiter um, and that in the middle, you have a kind of bunch of people who are very keen to signal that they're not. They're not they're not the kind of people who's who have to work as a waiter. You know, they've got they've got enough money and a, to pay the bill. And th- those kind of people. It's, so it's which is why it's seen as a sort of nouveau riche thing to do to be to be rude to people. Mm. Um, it, so it sort of baffles me why people do it. Um, if you look at um, if you look at uh, if you if you're on Reddit at all, practically every other day, right, a thread comes up where someone says, um, you know, on Ask Reddit, uh, what are some red flags about people you've just met? And one of them always gets to the top, which is um, you people who are rude to waiters. It's always and so, uh, but and yet, you know, some people, some people seem still to have are rude to, do to waiters. Yeah. You think, look, if you want to look like you're rich and successful, be polite to waiters, yeah. right? Because um, that's you know a signal of power you're not no one's saying you I mean being polite to a waiter doesn't mean you're seeing them as a social equal like chris was saying you know you're not you're not saying well we're all buddies in this together i mean they're working for you um and it's a bit like you know a really senior boss doesn't have to shout at people to get his way he just has to ask and he knows that people will do it yeah. um yeah so i don't think i think people confuse uh politeness with um with servility and it's and it's not okay. yeah uh, there's two I, things. So I've got some other evidence about niceness being bad. Okay, well, let, we'll come on to that. But I feel that we've drifted. Uh, I, I want to return to the example of the congressional study that you that you mentioned. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? What are your conclusions on that? Well, so so there's I've, a lot of information there. Yeah, there is a lot of information there, and I think um, it seems to me that what they are concluding now. You know, the fact that they've conducted this study now anyway suggests that they believe there's there's less civility than than there was. You know, they picked this moment to to investigate this. But it seems to suggest that uh, being rude doesn't influence people to to um, approve of you. Um, So it begs a question. Why? Why are people rude as nick was saying in the in the waiter you know this is this is similar being being rude um you know there have been studies that have shown that um negative campaigning in in political uh circles does reduce the approval rating of the person you're attacking but it also reduces the approval rating of the person doing the attacking uh so um so it, it you know affects the per- the victim and the perpetrator uh sort of in equal measure so there's a there's a nil sum sum gain there. that was my thought um, about when you were describing the study was i i wondered if a consistent sort of story might be to say well uh you know you have a sort of incentive 
um not to be polite or at least you know you kind of your approve you might get more approval by being rude among your base and i don't know if that's quite supportive by what i'm saying but it sounds like it turns other people off so it's like okay the republicans who are still there might like trump being rude yeah. but there are going to be fewer of them because there are people who are turning from being republicans into being nothing because they are turned off by the whole political you know decline yeah. in yeah well f- yeah funnily funnily enough um uh, in in it, when they looked at this this trump issue and trump supporters his rudeness didn't have any eff- effect but his s- civility did so so if he were politer they are suggesting that he would do better but my right. one of my one of my chief sort of uh, interests in the study is why is he being rude in the first place right trump from my sort of observation of him becomes rude when he's under pressure right it's his strategy for dealing with uh, a crisis so it may well be the moments when he's ruder and therefore um you know not being civil and not bringing people on side are the moments at which he's most under political pressure and he's done something wrong right mm. so it might be actually that by being rude at that moment he it's an effective masking technique it gets everybody focusing on the rudeness as opposed to the thing he's cocked up uh and the fact that he's not he's not alienating more people which is which is what the study shows is actually a benefit because if if under those circumstances if if he were just being nice and polite when things were going wrong maybe people would be leaving him in in droves at that point mm, so mm, okay. um, um uh, nick back to you and there was something you wanted to bring in yeah i mean i, I think there is a there's this um uh study i found which i thought was quite interesting because oh, we touched on this you know when i was describing agreeable people yeah i think we all agreed they sounded like total asses. um and uh what is it so i, I think there's a question about what is it about people who are like nice so not polite but nice uh that is so annoying yeah apparently there was a study recently uh called um I think the I think the stu- the paper was called something like that's nice now get out uh where they did you know another one of these sort of game theory experiments where they got a bunch of people who could all contribute to a pot they all got given different numbers of you know amounts of money and they could sort of share share that money or keep it themselves or whatever and just to see what happened and um apparently and then they could kick people out of the team and and then they do it again and people would get kicked out of the team if they didn't share any of their money fair enough but apparently people who were overly share who shared lots of their money also got kicked out of the team <laughs> because they were seen as sort of violating group norms yeah. and i and i i that makes perfect sense to me yeah, yeah, i yeah. mean i feel like um you know you know like now i'm um i, I always eat more than everyone else or drink drink more than everyone else in a restaurant i always end up and i i want i really i'd be more than happy to you know sit down and divide the bill according to how much we had but at the same time you know i people who are obsessive about that you know if i'm not if i don't happen to be that person it's always just easy to say let's split the bill someone who's like oh no 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 i had cuz i had that salad Oh, and then I had a I had a coffee as well. So I really I need to put in another ten pounds. Really drives me up the wall. So you know I think I can see that I can well, see what this is about. Okay, you well, know the, that that we expect a certain amount from people as a society, and people who give more than that are kind of ruining it for the rest of us. They might be they might be f- increasing that expectation. 
you know, across the board. And I don't want I don't want to have to be in expected a sense, to that be... is an impoliteness, isn't it? Yeah. That that sort of it is. Um, it's a lack of um um what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's consideration. A lack of, yeah, it's a lack of consideration and it's a lack of uh, awareness of you know part of being civil is understanding what the rules of the game are and uh not not smashing through them you well know. and actually a definition of manners or politeness it's, it's quite simply making everyone making sure that everyone feels at ease as best you can and, and, and as best they can and that's an example actually of breaking that um of that uh, breaking that um that norm that advice i remember that uh reading i this has always stuck me with me i read a book as a behavioral i oh know behavioral game theory book about about 10 years ago by colin camera which was a kind of collection of different studies and um one of them was looking at this ultimatum game where i have a pound and i offer you some split of that pound then you can either accept it in which case we both get that split or uh, reject it in which case we both get nothing now if i offer you 90p uh, sorry if i offer you 10p and i keep 90p you're very likely to just tell me to piss off you don't care about losing 10p you care more about punishing me for being an ass and uh in you know it's been replicated in studies all across the world people will generally the bigger the amount of money the more uh the 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 higher percentage they'll try and keep for themselves but the more absolute money they'll offer to the the other person so if it's a pound you're going to have to go pretty near 50 50 or people will just say no if it's a million pounds well you're probably still going to say yes to a hundred thousand you're not going to tell me to piss off to spite me the only two groups uh from any study certainly at the time where people offered more than 50 percent were first of all american college girls who were told that the person they were offering the money to was an attractive man. So they were shown photos of an attractive man and told that that was the person they were playing against. They offered more than 50%. And the, and the, the, other, the other group were um, some South American tribe who uh, apparently their culture is, involves um, being really generous to other people as a form of power, as a sort of form of signaling power. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got so much stuff that you know i'm going to give you all this this free stuff um you know and and that was actually you know sort of almost uh kind of annoying to be given stuff because it it's a bit like people being too proud to accept charity or something you know um so yeah anyway no that always stuck with me so look let's round off i want to round off with there's a couple of things we can do um bring it back down to ourselves the first one think of yourself um do we want to divide into politeness and niceness or not yeah i think it's separate score for each okay separate score for each give yourself a score one out of ten. One, sorry, one to ten um, of how nice you are and how polite you are, and also let's score each other. All right. Um, is is um is zero kind of neutral or is five neutral? Five so, is neutral. So zero would be negatively nice. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, have zero. Have zero as as being horrible. I mean, hopefully none of us will be zero. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So um, let's start off, Nick. What are your own scores for yourself in terms right. of? Well, I'm I'm this is if I'm rude to you, it's a compliment because I'm I'm rude to people I consider my friends because you're rude to me quite often. I know, yeah, yeah, it's a compliment. <laughs> I I'm I'm oh, the, oh, thanks it, very much. Yeah, but I'm 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 actually I think I'm re- pretty pretty damn polite to people I don't know. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to say it depends depends on how well I know you. It's probably a a a, a, th- a three or an eight. Okay, depending on whether I know you or not. Right. So if you so watch out if Nick's saying please and thank you to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. He's on, yeah, he's on his eight level behaviour. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, okay, and for ni- and for niceness. Oh, uh, five. I don't consider myself nice, really. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think it's actually. I don't think we need to talk about. I'm not it. a I nasty think, man. No. Yeah. But I'm not a nice man. Yeah. Um. And for yourself, Chris, what sort of numbers? Uh. Well, I would say politeness. I would give myself a nine. I think yeah. I'm quite polite. I think for niceness, I would give myself about a three or a two. <laughs> Probably. Why? That's quite low. Why three or two? I, I well, I'm definitely not a I, by by the terms of sort of agreeableness or not. You know, especially out of so I, for me, politeness is the facade that is non-confrontational, and you you offer people things, and there's no point in creating confrontation. Niceness is what you actually do out of out of sight, what you really like, and that bit I'm quite. You know, quite I, happy not, to be I self-serving. Don't, I don't agree. I think because I think Chris does do things for other people. Actually, yeah, yeah, he does without without sort of really being asked necessarily. He's. I think he's. I think he's deluded about how uh, what a scumbag he is. Well, it right, depends but, what the uh, purpose. I, I suppose niceness is about the the reason mm. behind that altruism. Yeah, I don't think he's not. It's only not motivated. I mean, I had him on a six, but I don't think he's. He's not motivated by you know a desire to improve the lot of humanity. I tell you, someone who's I think is quite nice, quite kind. Uh, is our friend Peter Peter Cochran? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think he's a very kind chap. I put him high yeah. on the nicest yeah. list there. Um, yes, yeah, for myself, I think in terms of politeness, yeah, I'd give myself an eight or nine. I think really, yeah. yeah. I was going. What about self awareness? <laughs> <laughs> what about nice? Uh, niceness is a tricky one. I'd look. I, I'd give myself just an edge on the sort of side of nice. I think I'm about a six. Yeah, I actually had you the other way around from Chris, and I think Chris is more polite, but you're nicer. Yeah, that's right. I would agree that you're more polite and that I'm nicer. Yeah. yeah. Than each other, or yeah, I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't say you're particularly polite. I think you're quite good at being kind of brusque. Well, actually, and here's the thing. And maybe this leads us on to the second point: is I think of myself as being polite, but actually, I've I've got into so many arguments throughout mm. my life with strangers and all sorts. Yeah. I don't think I You'd am have that. To conclude I, that you're not. Yeah, I, I, so I have to conclude that I'm not. So, which brings me on to: I mean, I try and be polite to people. I think I am, but I think I'm more sinned against than sinning. And so many times in my life, people have just been absurdly impolite to me. Right. Um, and so, just a couple, just off the top of my head, I just remember once trying to order in a restaurant in in America in florida and i didn't quite know what i wanted and i was sort of bumbling a bit a bit like i do in podcasts actually going oh i'm I'm not sure and and the waiter just looked at me and said i have no idea what you're saying and he just walked away from me um and then another time that sticks in my mind which is was, very un-american service isn't it well actually that, i that... think it, it it is and it isn't i kind i find you know service in america yes it can be all this amazing you know hey how are you kind of thing but actually it can be very um brusque as well yeah. um no, another time i remember it sticks out i was a callow youth um and i was doing an internship at the un in geneva and this um this middle-aged um looks quite powerful uh, technocrat of some kind asked me came and said oh, look do you know where you know i'm trying to get to this meeting room and so on things like that and i started to say oh i think it's here and i'm an intern and and as i was explaining to him and just bumbling a bit again he just without a word, just walked away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just left there going, well, that was a bit rude. So those are two times um, that I can think of. Guys, you? Uh, well, for me, um, it was when I was in Finland. And, um, I mean, the Finns are, are, by our set of criteria, very impolite people. I mean, they don't have a word for 
please, for example, or, you know, a direct translation of please. But I was stood in this crowded um, sort of bar and this, um, you know, a, a gentleman in his about his 60s or something uh, was walking through and he just sort of took hold of me by my shoulders and just moved me <laughs> out the way and then walked through the through the gap. Uh, and, and, and I was like, what? What, what what just, just happened? happened? But it makes total sense, really. I mean, you know, why sort of go? Excuse me, can I just, you know, oh, and it's all noisy, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if that's the social norm, it's not, it wasn't like he he pushed me out the way or caught, you know, he he sort of just steered me out the way, yeah. uh, and that that was that. So I reflected no on it and I thought, uh, you know, and initially I was incensed, and then yeah. and then I thought, Meh, maybe that makes sense as a as a system. It should be a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that, Nick. This is just going to enrage me describing it. But about 10 years ago, when my son was uh, about six months old, we went on holiday to Normandy and we went to Pointe du Hoc, which is the scene of the daring raid by um, the US Rangers on, on the morning of D-Day, uh, where they scaled a cliff. And, you know, it's, it's preserved as a, as a battle site. And, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, lo and behold, the car didn't start. Now, this place is quite a long way. It's got to be, you know, a good couple of miles to the nearest village. Uh, so the car didn't start. And would you believe both our bloody phones are out of battery? Mm. Um, so I just thought, well, no problem. We'll go to the visitor centre and I'll ask if I can use the phone from the lady there. Uh, just to phone the AA, you know, two minute call. Get the AA down sorted because they have an international you yeah. know, service. Um, so I explained the situation holding, you know, infant baby in uh, in my arms and she just said, no. And there was a phone right there, right in front of her. No. So I said, well, you, okay, well, where's, is there a phone we can use? Is there a public phone or something? And she said, uh, you'd have to go to the next village, about, about three or four kilometers away. <laughs> I just could, I was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe that a person could be like that. You know, my reaction would be, oh, yeah, don't worry. Give us a number. I'll phone them, phone them myself. So I, I took matters into my own hand. Plugged, plugged my recharger into a plug that happened to be on the wall. And just before she tried to boot us out of what was a public space for use it for daring to use their electricity, uh, I managed to get the call through. And, and then a Frenchman turned up about an hour later with a hammer and fixed our car. Um, and <laughs> Did, uh, I, I was, uh, but I still just, whenever I think of it, it's just saying, I cannot believe anyone could well, be can, that awful. Did you, did you wish you could uh, reverse 70 years back in time and, and, and get, the, get the US Marines to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to not right. liberate Vichy France? And, I, I, uh, quite, I mean, she, she was one of those people you just, I would never get bored of punching her. I mean, two things. Uh, I just like the fact that your the stories from both of you involved foreigners. Um, well, they're and, the worst, and and more and and more importantly, that one of them involved the French. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it had to be the French. Uh, just only a couple of weeks ago, I was probably had about the biggest argument I've had in the last decade, which was at Eurostar in on the French side, of course, course. with this intractable um, uh, French woman who just would not let me get. I, I was and I was stranded there for about two hours or so. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, on, on these bloody. Good. So it's yeah. So yeah, new uh, headline, newsflash: um, the French are rude. There yeah. we go. Um, all right. Um, thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Chris Rag and Nick Hale of Aleph Insights. And until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.